Chapter Eleven of We Were There at the Normandy Invasion by Clayton Knight. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. Andre and the Nazi Pilot. Falling into bed, Andre's thoughts had turned to his family, but his worries were quickly drowned in sleep. When he awoke, he ran downstairs to see what the sunrise had brought. It had brought Victor. Andre saw the old man, scrubbed pink and bristling, beside the guard at the door. With Victor was another of the village fathers, a farmer who had once been a schoolteacher. Monsieur Blanc was a tall, square man in a rough tweed suit. "'I am here,' said Victor, speaking to both Andre and the guard, who did not understand a word, "'about a matter which demands attention.' It is the exasperating fact that an unexploded shell reposes in my... Andre cried, Wait! and hastily translated for the guard's benefit. Victor remained standing with open mouth. The guard shouted and Slim came running. The captain was swiftly consulted and a demolition squad was rounded up. This took only a few seconds since disposing of an unexploded shells was an ever-present problem. On being questioned where the dud was... Victor finished his sentence, in my parlor, near the bay window. At the last word, the demolition crew started running. André asked, But isn't Madame Liscourt frightened? She does not even know it is there, Victor replied. She has been off helping with some of the children since yesterday. I was obliged to prepare my own supper, he finished crossly. Captain Doby came to the door and gravely shook hands with the two Frenchmen. He eyed Victor curiously. After a moment's study of the old man, however, he decided that to order Victor to stay out of danger would be a waste of time. It was Monsieur Blanc who spoke. We came, sir, he said, as spokesman for the whole neighborhood. We wish to offer our services in any way your Americans consider helpful. We should also be grateful if you could tell us what to expect in the way of future danger to our community. I think, replied Captain Doby, you people have accepted all this destruction with fine, brave spirit. The Marquis, as well as all you other French people, have helped the landing forces more than you will ever know. We Americans want you to realize that we are grateful. It could have been much worse for us. Monsieur Blanc put up a hand. Please, monsieur, it is all better also, and the Marquis have told us that the Americans up beyond Sommer are heroic. The captain said his men had been wonderful, but until we dispose of these Germans we can't move forward into France beyond this peninsula. And the Canadians and British? asked Monsieur Blanc. They've successfully landed a lot of troops and tanks. They've penetrated to a considerable depth toward Cannes, I hear. Bon! Victor's head bobbed. When you have disposed of this bosses of Nazis uh, you speak of, uh, you do what? Captain Doby frowned. We must throw a line of troops from these beaches straight across the neck of the peninsula to cut off German reinforcements from coming to the rescue of the enemy in Cherbourg. No doubt, uh, frowned Victor. The Nazis will respond by uh, doing us the damage possible to our fine Cherbourg port. I am afraid they will, agreed the captain. When we take to port, our U.S. Army engineers will have to repair the docks quickly. We intend to bring in our main supplies for the liberation of the rest of France 
through Cherbourg when it is free. Captain Dobet, Monsieur Blanc said, I suppose no one knows how long the Germans will hold out. I am afraid not, replied Captain Doby. There was a second shaking of hands, and Victor and Monsieur Blanc left. André's mind turned anxiously to the tale of heavy fighting which was moving towards Saint-Sevier-le-Vicomte and his family there. He felt more cut off from them than ever, now that he knew they were surrounded by such desperate enemies. "'Has anybody found that as German pilot yet?' he asked Captain Doby. "'No sign of him,' the captain replied. "'Now, after breakfast I have a job for Slim, and I think you and your dog could go along.' Half an hour later, André was telling a delighted Pachu, "'They think it is safe now for you to come out with me, but they are still a war on, so behave yourself.' The cows, he found, had again been milked by the American farmer soldiers, and again most of the milk had vanished. The other barn chores had also been neatly done. He heard soft sounds in the loft over the cow barn and crept up the stairs to investigate. A dozen or more soldiers from the light patrol were sleeping heavily in the sweet hay, full of good gagnon milk, André thought with pleasure. He tiptoed down the stairs and, freeing Pachu from his fastening, answered Slim's impatient hello. "'Got to find a commissary dump somewhere down the road,' Slim explained. "'Well, it says it can't be far. "'Them 90th Division cooks told me about it.' After his long imprisonment, Pachu was blissfully happy. He ran rings around Slim and André. He found excitement in every newly blasted hole in the mossy walls and inviting scents everywhere. Slim marched rapidly along for nearly half a mile with André keeping up at a trot. Then Slim said, "'Best we could begin to ask questions now. Who round here knows everything?' André pointed to a house ahead. "'That's a Monsieur Valjean from there. He is the cobbler. He will know.' Monsieur Valjean listened eagerly to André's query. Did he know where there was an American food dump headquarters nearby? "'Oh, oui, oui, uh, certainement,' the cobbler responded enthusiastically, and gave detailed directions in a flood of rapid French. André said, I know what it is, he added, merci, to Monsieur Valjean. You sure? Slim frowned. Sounded as if it must be on the Russian border, what all I could make of it. I am sure Slim, André replied. It is my own schoolhouse. Slim's rapidly swinging long legs kept André at almost a breathless canter. Because their minds were silently busy, they did not hear the word, Comrade, when it was first spoken. But Slim's reaction to something out of key stopped him short, forty-five in hand. André was pushed back before the second louder. Comrade! gave him warning. End of chapter 11